Get ready. Three, two, one, zero. You are listening to the Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Ryan Livergood, Trey Barrett, and Will Greenwood. That's right. We're the Fancy Joes. We are minus one Joe, mainly because his child puked on him earlier today. But uh, <laughs> it's Ryan Livergood at Red Alive Brain. Joining me from Minneapolis, Minnesota, Will Greenwood. At Fantasy Joe underscore Will. Yeah, that's right, baby. Hit so, me up on Twitter and I'll respond in a few days. Or weeks or months at some time. Whoa, whoa, whoa. let's take a relax here. <laughs> that is true. I need to be better at Twitter, but that's just the way life goes. If you want to hit me up, uh, hit us up on our Gmail account, and Ryan will forward it to me. <laughs> that's right. That's it. Anyway. Um, We're the Fantasy Addicts group. I'm, I feel like I'm good at uh, responding back to group me direct messages that people have sent us. So yeah, it, it, I don't feel overly bad. That's a good point. We've got a, a very vibrant uh, group me chat that we don't really talk about too much. It's not really affiliated with the Fancy Joes, but Trey started it, so it kind of is. So if you want to join us uh, – you know, send us a, you know, uh, DM me or something and then we'll, we'll get it worked out. So, so Trey's not here tonight, but it doesn't matter. We talked about going to hiatus last week, but Will and I decided, you know, let's, let's get together and talk some dynasty football. So we're here and I want to talk about my favorite topic. That's tight ends, but we'll probably talk about some other things as well in terms of guys to target, you know, going to the off season, you know, values, some sneaky values. So this is a fantasy Joe's uncut episode. We don't know what we're going to talk about, frankly. We don't really have a script to follow. We're just going to go with the flow. So, Yeah, we may to... talk about my mother's bucket list. Who knows? We... <laughs> I think that this year has brought up, though, a great <laughs> I wish we could add context to that. Uh, you probably no, I feel like it's better to just leave it out there. Okay. Uh, so this year, though, I felt it has brought up a great conundrum of tight ends. Because if you have a great tight end on your team, that's a huge, significant fantasy advantage, especially if you're not playing in a, like a, let's say you're playing in a shorter roster dynasty league. A tight end is a huge, huge advantage. And that's one of the things Ryan wanted to talk about because Ryan just loves uh, tight ends for some reason. I don't really know why. But the, the, the position is going to matter moving forward. And I think there's a lot of interesting things that this year has produced. And particularly that George Kittle – uh, he's, he's just moved up dynasty rankings and dynasty boards. And what I really think is what's interesting is what is his value and where do you see him going in the future? Because it's hard to project how that offense is going to change because Kyle Shanahan has not been nice to the tight end in the past. So why, you know, and then he wasn't nice to George Kittle by not letting him get in the record and then dogging on him for it. Just super weird to me, but maybe it's just because he thinks that he's going to get it later, which I, I'm not against that take. And that's my own take. Because I think that he sees the, the talent in George Kittle. And George Kittle is shockingly good. And it pains me because he was underutilized at Iowa. But he came from Iowa. So he's basically my best friend. So All right. My, <laughs> so what, what I want to take it back is I want to say, so when you're looking at the tight end landscape, so you're taking an age, you're taking an experience, you're taking an everything. Ryan, give me your top five tight ends. Top five tight ends. Uh, okay. So I'm going to go. With the obvious, I'll go Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz. I'll go Kittle. I'll go Ebron. And then I'm going to go with the forgotten Hunter Henry, uh, who Ooh. I think a lot of people forgot about. So okay. I think I pushed 
Ingram out. David Njoku is interesting, but I think he's still a couple of years away. Maybe he should be in my list. O.J. Howard is intriguing. Um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think for me it's still Kelsey and Ertz clearly above and beyond, I, despite, you know, their, their advanced age. You know, they're not that old. And, and then it's kind of uh, a bunch of different guys. Uh, and maybe it's recency bias with Eric Ebron and, and, and George Kittle. But I, I'm, I'm really excited about Eric Ebron. I, I mean, I, I think that he has shown signs of, of being this really solid tight end. And now he's in the perfect situation. I mean, it, look at his numbers this year. So that's, that's super exciting. But I, I want to share with you, there are four tight ends that have double-digit tight end one games this season. Do you know who they are? Like in terms of number of games, in the double, double digit, digit tight end one games, right? Okay, so 10, or, ten or more weeks where they were uh, oh. a tight end one. Do you, want me, do you want me to guess, or you just want to? You might we as well rally. We mom. mentioned them. I mean, Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz have eleven uh, weeks where they've been the tight end, in the tight end one conversation. Um, Ebron and, and Kittle um, ten, and then it kind of the list kind of drops off. This is a tweet by Ryan McDowell. So. Nobody, Cook's got to be in there, right? Well, if you get on the list, you've got O.J. Howard with seven tight end one weeks, Cook with six, um, Jimmy Graham with six, believe it or not, Trey Burton with six, Austin Hooper with five, and Gronk with five. So it's just really interesting to me. You look at this list, there's a gap, actually. you got Kelsey Ertz, Ebron Kittle, and then everybody else, which I think is fascinating. If you think about Jared Cook, he's been pretty inconsistent. I mean, he's had some really good weeks, but – I mean, so is Eric Ebron, and you put him in your top five. But he's at 10 weeks, 10 weeks tight end one. He doesn't put up a donut. He's yeah. a healthy starter. But, but, but that's one week. But who hasn't? George Kittle. <laughs> yeah, but I think George Kittle is probably – I don't know. What, what's Kittle's worst week? I'll have to look it up. So here's who are your actually something that I've been, tossed, I've been tumbling around the old noggin about yeah. tight ends. Is, so given age and offensive system – why is George Kittle not higher? Has he, has, he not, has he not produced enough this year? Has, has he not shown that he is an explosive athlete and pass catcher and is an all-downs tight end? Uh, I know that Zach Ertz is, you know, he's scored more fantasy points, so does Travis Kelsey. But uh, Kittle is in his second year and is showing elite, elite statistics from an analytical side. And on the field has been just an amazing asset to that Niners team, and which, which we project, I feel like, is as best we can. That Niners team is just going to get better, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I feel you can make an argument for Kittle to be number two. I, I think Travis Kelsey is clearly number one, based on being in that Kansas City Chiefs offense. I, I mean, yeah, age is a factor, but you know, he's he's twenty nine. I think we've seen tight ends. I mean, how old is Jared Cook? I mean, he's, he's well into his 30s. Like 60. Like 60. So you can expect Kelsey to play, oh, I don't know, at least three more seasons. Um, and, and the thing about Kelsey, too, is the guy doesn't miss games. I, I mean, he's missed one game in his career, and, and that was because he was concussed back in 2017. So I, I love Kelsey. I don't, I don't think you can, you can um, put, put – Kittle ahead of him. No, no. But but Zach Ertz, you can make an but, argument, I think. No, but so I want to bring that that part up is okay. so you're trying to trade for George Kittle. You have an owner that is in love with George Kittle. His name might be Will Greenwood. Right. But uh, I mean that's probably a, a failed argument. But let's say you have you have Zach Ertz, and 
you look at the George Kittle owner and you're like, well, maybe I can get, maybe I can get Kittle plus, you know, maybe you can get Kittle plus something and you're set up well for the future. Like why not make an even trade at tight end as far as points wise, or at least close. And, and you know, you are projecting and what they can do. And Ertz is looking really good, but Ertz also has Dallas Goddard coming up behind him. Yeah. And Dallas Goddard has looked like pretty darn good. So that's, that's my idea. It's like when people say like, oh, well, you're trying to buy low on Kittle and everybody's trying to buy him for a first round pick. Take that th- first round pick and throw it in the trash because the dynasty community right now hates 2019 first round picks. So you're not going to get a Kittle for that <laughs> unless that person honestly isn't paying attention, which is fair if you can. But that's, that, that's uh, looking at that dynasty Reddit page, Ryan, that's one of the things though is, you know, every play, everybody, everybody plays in different leagues. Well, look where you can find it, advantages on the fringes. Like when I was buying Michael Thomas, I was talking to an owner that loved Michael Thomas, and I paid, uh, at, you know, a, a very, very high price for him to get him. But it still seemed like – now it seems like it, I got him a decent value. And you need to be willing to, to front some uh, – basically front some cash of your equity in your team for players that you want. So that's my, like, Earths to Kittle comparison is if – to me, if you were to take Zach Ertz and you'd be like, okay, so Zach Ertz is elite. Let's say that, that team has Antonio Brown – and maybe another aging player. And so you're like, okay, well, you would rather rely on Earths next year and maybe give, give me Earths and something because maybe the later first-round pick. Or, you're, sorry, you're sending them Earths. Maybe give me Kittle and, like, a, an early second or late first if you want to talk rookie picks or, like, a Dante Pettis if you get that thrown in. That's the kind of deal I'm looking to make. Yeah, I, I think that – I, I, I like that. I like that thought process. It's just the realm. It's the realm of what you want to exist in. Because no player for player thing that we tell you is going to be logical for your league, because that owner could feel so much differently than any other owner. You know. So, but as you look at your value and how you value players, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. So let's say you. But so what do you think you? What else do you like? So. Zach Ertz, you're a Zach Ertz owner. You want to get George Kittle. Maybe you're rebuilding, so you think he's more of a future piece. You, you, um, or you want to win now and get Kittle. That's fine. Wanna, wanna, yeah. If you, no. you know. <laughs> so I, guess, I guess so. Then, then what makes – so you're, you're happy. You're perfectly happy with an even swap there. Uh, and I don't think that's ridiculous. Uh, but it probably depends on situation. Maybe there are some cases where you could get uh, Kittle plus. Maybe there's some cases you get Zach Ertz plus. It just depends. I mean – I know yeah, is like- See, I'm not happy with an even swap if I have Ertz. There's just no point to me. If you're right. just like, oh, I'll give you Zach Ertz for George Kittle. Send Ertz to a different owner that values them higher. Like, that's, that's what I wanted to discuss with, like, the league makeup is don't make a move just to make a move because we say these two players are comparable. Like, okay, so this player is valued equal to this. Well, in your mind, what do you think? Go to the other owners and, and maybe talk to them about what they think. Because Zach Ertz is a, a super – He's flashed so much on primetime TV and his catches, he snatched so many balls out of the air that it's been really, really great. But does that make him worth more than like another reliable tight end where you get another like really good asset? And I look at, I honestly look at these guys as the top three and I, I, it just, I kind of discount in Joku, you know, Hunter Henry, I think is great by low opportunity, but you've already missed it because we're too far in the season, you know, O.J. Howard, same thing. Gronk, nobody wants him. You know, yeah. Ebron I found interesting because he only has one year left in that contract and they have no dead money next year. And he's dropped a lot of passes. So I'll be curious to see how they figure that out next year. 
But uh, yeah, the the rest of the tight end landscape, and even like Evan Ingram, who was the hot tight end coming into this year, you want to talk about buy it low. Nobody's talked about him in ages. Yeah. And they're going to be coming to that offense next year. This will be the second year in that offense. Everybody's going to be used to it. I think that if you're going to gamble on somebody becoming better than what they were this year, I think it's a great, like a great opportunity to, you know, shift some value around to get him. Yeah. Of those three tight ends from that 2017 class, I, I think Njoku and Howard are, are very hard to get. Cause I think the people that own them are just, are going to just, just hold on to them. And, and, and you know, why, why not? I mean, I think the Njoku has been so inconsistent. He's only 22 though. So that could change. OJ Howard though. I, I think we're going to see, I mean, he's a guy I really like. I, for, now that I look at this list and think about it more, it's hard for me to keep him out of my top five, but I think in terms of values, I like Ebron and Hunter Henry. I mean, Eric Ebron 25, He's not a perfect player, but I just think that situation – and you're right, it could change. But, um, oh, but, but Evan Ingram, right, a guy that I love going into the year. He's been injured a lot this year. We, have to, we can't forget that. And he's got Eli Manning throwing to him. And he's not going to have that forever. And I know there are a lot of pieces around there. But I, I still think in two years we may be looking at these rankings and thinking to ourselves, wow, I could have got Evan Ingram. You know, he, he's ADP um, 63. What, what, a, what a steal that was. So, um, yeah, I think tight ends are interesting, and I, I think that there are some interesting plays that, that need to be made. And if you go deeper down the list, some, some interesting guys that, that can be grabbed um, that, I, that I think contenders should, should think about. Like uh, John S. Smith right now, um, ADP 131. He's the 15th tight end overall in ADP. I think he's an interesting guy. I, I, I kind of like what I've seen of Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper's only 24 years old, uh, ADP of, of 102. Uh, Chris Herndon, I like a lot. And I think he's a guy that's going to continue to creep up in value, uh, ADP of, um, you know, one, 150. So, you know, I, I think Herndon, do you think you can get Chris Herndon for a second round pick? Maybe that seems rich. But oh, that seems real rich. Yeah. But that's what but I'm saying. Like, I don't be starting Chris Herndon. No, I, I know. But Unless I, it's I, DFS. But which, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, guys like that, I think you could get him for, uh, you know, at the worst case scenario, a second round pick, probably. Um, well, what about the, the Vernon Davis owner? You, you send Jordan Reed their way for Chris Herndon plus a third, you know, mm-hmm. or, or something like that. You know, those kind of moves where you're getting those, you're trying to win on the edges. Mike Kosicki. I mean, I don't think that the person that drafted Mike Kosicki is going to, you know, give him up for cheap. I don't think you're, I mean, I, I, but I don't know. He's a guy that you could talk about in a yeah. deal and get thrown into well, a deal. Because I, I think he's still, uh, you know, it's it's one year in Miami. <laughs> like the thing with the tight end position, we have to remember is that it takes these guys a long, long time to develop. So uh, he's a guy. Don't forget about him. I think he's really talented, and I think he he could he could be really viable. So, but let, let's potentially look at. So you have to analyze your players you're in with your league. So the guy that drafted Mike Gesicki, did that? Did that person draft? Like, look at their other draft picks. Look what they've done. Have they? put so much money into the combine and their performance or where they're riding like hype trains, you need to kind of figure out where they're, where you at least maybe have an opinion of where their mindset is with him. Because I, I, I do agree that rookie tight ends, they take time to develop and he's in, I mean, he's in Miami. So like, is that really something, anything you want to deal with? Uh, but did that person buy them on athleticism in their future? So did they take them, did, did they take Mike Gesicki in a non-superflex rookie draft in the, in the early second round, I mean, it's kind of like good luck getting them because they've already invested in it. What You're not willing to pay probably over that. I wouldn't pay over 
that seems ridiculous to me Yeah. Uh, for what value you get now. But maybe it's that person that drafted him in the early third round because he was just a value pick at that point in time. And maybe you send him a third round pick this year with this year's rookie high. And that's how you get Mike Kosicki. And then you can, you know, you believe in his future. You got to kind of pay attention to where these people are going and what they're doing. Right. Right. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think that some people, the, the people that drafted him in the second round, uh, I think I drafted him higher in some places than I should have in, in hindsight um, that they, they, well, they like, they liked what they saw in the combine and his potential, but also they, there was in the back of their head, I, I'll be honest, in the back of my head, even though I, on the, the podcast I showed, we talked about tight ends before the season, I talked about how I think the, the odds of Mike Gesicki producing this year were very, very slim if you look at, at history. But then I go ahead and I thought, well, you know, this, maybe the tight end landscape is changing and this guy is going to do what Evan Ingram did. I think he's that type of player. Clearly didn't happen. So if someone drafted him with that mindset, like, okay, he's going to do what Evan Ingram did and, and he disappointed, I, I do think there's – it just depends on the, on the owner – but I think we give up on guys too early. And if someone drafted him thinking, I'm going to plug him in, he's going to be this year's Evan Ingram, and it didn't happen. There may be an owner that drafted him in, you know, with the high second-round pick that might let him go for, for a third, possibly. Yeah, I kind of have this image in my head of somebody, like, doing, like, bench presses and being like, oh, yeah, I'm going to – oh, sorry, Mike Kosicki. <laughs> like, that's the kind of, like a big bro voice. Like, yeah, draft him for – like, late first round, start, start him. He's going to be great. And, you know, just like that. I don't know. I feel like Gesicki is a meathead in, in the nicest way possible. <laughs> so when I when I if I send you an offer for Mike Gesicki, just know that I'm doing bench presses at that time. <laughs> Thanks for the <laughs> visual. I um, mean, you know, fantasy fantasy Greenwood doing bench presses. So, but the okay, this is one thing I really want to. So I want to talk about some dudes that I am extremely high on their future and I'm happy where I own them. One is Dallas Goddard. So in that league of ballers that we're in together, I started Dallas Goddard on a, on a week that he had a touchdown, which is the fantasy lucky streak, which is. I, I remember that. I remember yeah. And it, it, it mattered. <laughs> like, uh, so, but I also think that, uh, so Zach Ertz is getting super expensive for Philly and what they're doing. They're not going to maybe afford him or want him. And they took Goddard in the second round and he is pretty young. So I think this is a chance to get him at the fairest value that you can before he becomes too expensive as, as a good tight end. And you're going to have to sit on him. You have to have an aging tight end maybe in the background. Uh, maybe if you have like a Jared Cook, maybe you can get a guy like, like Dallas Goddard for a second rounder this year. You know, I, I, would, I would trade any second rounder I had for Dallas Goddard right now. And I, I, but I assume you probably can't get that. But maybe you can package something. Maybe you can package a different you know, tight end or player. And a, and a pick to get him. I think this is – we're going to see him ascend because he has looked really good. And then the other guy to me is Ian Thomas once Greg Olson went down. And it's, it's a very small sample size. But you want the tight end on that Carolina Panthers offense. You want the big receiver that can actually catch the ball, uh, like a la non-Devin Punches. So you want the guy that can actually catch <laughs> touchdowns and be that tight end. That can, I really do believe, though, you want the Carolina Panthers tight end on your team. The starting Carolina Panthers tight end is valuable. So if it's him, you can invest a little bit in him now. And if he doesn't pan out, like, and you didn't, like, you know, you didn't push like a first rounder for him, you move like a later second or a third or something for Ian Thomas. I, I think it's a pretty good viable candidate because he, you know, that team and whatever they're doing, I just don't know that they're going to invest in tight end this year in the draft. So that's a risk. I'm basically, it's just a risk I'm willing to take 
in, in his future. Like I would, I, I want that. I, I want that. So, so we were talking about guys you can pick up relatively cheap. And I, I think you're right with a guy like Dallas Goddard. This is probably, he's, he's in a, probably an ascending asset here. So if you want to get him, now's the time to be aggressive and try to go out and get him. It, what do you pay for – maybe you can't pry these guys away, but, but maybe there's an owner that has Travis Kelsey or, or Zach Ertz on their team, and, and for whatever reason they're in a rebuild situation. What do you pay for a Travis Kelsey? Because he's worth having, Well, don't you think? I mean, he, he's worth having. That we don't have to worry about this stuff because, you know, we're talking about going after like a Dallas Goddard or um, Ian Thomas or a younger guy or taking a chance on a, on a veteran that, you know, you know, we don't want to take a chance on. So what do you pay to get the premium players? What are you willing to pay? What are you willing to give up? There have been some, some talk, uh, some certain podcasts, like in a redraft league, speculating that Travis Kelsey might go in the first round of a redraft league next year. I don't know if that's going to happen, but. Maybe yeah, I wouldn't even hate it though. You know, with no, how you're on a tight end. You, that's, that's the thing. But uh, I would just, because uh, I sold Travis Kelsey uh, in our in our league, to uh, I'll just call him the famous the the dynasty Eeyore, and then he took Travis Kelsey and stamped me in the playoffs with him. But uh, I'm willing to give up quite a bit. I think Travis Kelsey is a pretty elite fantasy asset right now, and if you're looking at that three year window, you you need to be you need you need to see him as an elite asset, like. So, where do I want to put him at? Exactly. Let's. So let's say. Let's just say this. Let's say Travis Kelsey plus uh, the two hundred one, or let's say let's say Travis Kelsey plus the one hundred eight for Antonio Brown. Okay. So, well, for, first of all, okay. Well, let's talk about that. Then I want to get to who you got in the deal where you traded Kelsey recently in the league because I, I don't remember how that went down. So you're so you're saying to get Travis Kelsey, you're gonna trade into well, okay, Antonio Brown. Talk about a guy that's starting to lose value. I, I mean, like he was a first round startup dynasty asset coming into the year, no question. But I think, and we saw this in our our mock that we did. He's starting to lose value, and if you look at some of those advanced statistics. Um, you know, he's not quite as efficient as he was. And he's got a lot of touchdowns, but the other numbers are down. I mean, he's hit that 30 year, 30, uh, age 30. I, I don't, if I'm a Kelsey owner, even if I'm, well, especially if I'm rebuilding, I'm not going to make that deal. Like, like, I don't know if that's going to work. I don't think it's going to get it done. Well, it's just, a, I mean, it depends on team build. Like what if you had George Kittle in the background, you know, you got to be able to start this guy because he's the best tight end in the world. So you need to move Travis Kelsey. No, uh, it's the idea to me, like, the obviously team build factors in heavily. So, but you try to find the the person that, that needs a Kelsey that isn't going to hurt you too bad. And I think in moving Kelsey, you need. No, I, I think uh, we've got to reverse it for a second. Cause I'm talking okay. about, I, I was actually asking about it. Well, first of all, I'm talking about acquiring Travis Kelsey. Um, but, but let's talk about moving him for a second. What did you move? Kel what did you get in return for Kelsey? So I moved, I moved Travis Kelsey, Sony Michelle, and a first-round pick for Ezekiel Elliott in a 10-team in a okay. league. In okay, a 10-team yeah. league. So okay. to me, top-end players matter a lot, and I have George Kittle on that team. And you know, that's a good deal. That's definitely a good deal. You got an elite asset. You got a guy that's going you know, top well, three. Well, that, that person turned around and knocked me out of the first round of the playoffs. 
Well, yeah. So, but... in the next way possible, uh, I'm very, I'm very upset. To so the the dynasty Eeyore, uh, just no. I, I, I'll never forget. I'm like a dynasty elephant. I'll never forget. <laughs> I mean, I like the deal for both of you, though. I mean, I, I think it was a good deal because you're right. You had Kittle. You didn't need Kelsey. You're like, but I do. I do try to make. I do try to make very fair trades in dynasty. I feel like that's a very fair trade, and it actually worked out for both of us in different ways. You know, and I, I'd grab James White and, and things like that. But anyway, when you were talking about 10-team, you had to kind of pick and choose where you're going to move your elite assets. And there was another guy in that league that was trying to get Travis Kelsey for me. He was trying to move, uh, you know, David Njoku plus a second or plus a first for Travis Kelsey. And I was just like, no, because Kelsey is such a distinct positional advantage in the 10-team league. If you're not paying for him, you're not getting him. That's just the way I feel. Uh, and it's very important. And also, Empire factors into that because Empire Leagues are different. Like I, That mindset, to me, does drastically change because you can't give somebody a super team for two years in a row. It's just not – you never want to do that. Right. Um, yeah, I, I own Gronk in that league, and he's going to die on my roster. I mean, he's going to – you know, I could have traded him at his peak maybe last year or, or when I first got him. But I told myself going into that league, since it's an Empire League, I'm unless I just get like a ridiculous overpay for Gronk, I'm never going to trade him because at least for a while he was a huge positional advantage when he, whenever he was healthy and playing anyway. Um, okay, so well, he's coming back to that, but you missed the playoffs, so it's yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so, and, I mean, it's just the way fantasy goes, and it's, right. it's the variability of fantasy that you have to love year over year. And if you're not invested into it, and the people that listen, I assume this podcast just love fantasy, and we all wanted that. Fantasy makes me happy. And I'm sad that it's going to end pretty soon. Oh, don't don't talk about it. I, I don't want to talk about it. You know what's funny? I've always been against leagues that go to week 17. And I'm in two leagues right now where it's like the two-week – the semifinals are two weeks. So it'll be like the part two of the semifinals. And then it's the finals in 16 to 17. And in one of those leagues, yeah. I'm almost certainly going to advance. So I'm actually excited that week 17, I'll be playing for something. <laughs> like you'll be scooping up all these waiver wire heads. <laughs> Well, it's funny. It's my not to get into our leagues too much, but it's kind of funny because this is my one of these leagues is my work league. You know, I, I'm uh, you know I, I work at a library. I'm a director of a library. Our listeners, I think, know that. And we um and, and there's and there's two. It, it was we had to play ESPN because MFL was just too complicated. You know, it's like you don't know if MFL is not going to work, even though we love MFL. So we've got mm-hmm. like two ten team leagues essentially. We've got like a Marvel and DC league, and there is someone that. Auto drafted a super team, and I'm in the DC. She's in the Marvel League. She went 13 and 0. I mean, she has like Tyreek Hill, Michael Thomas, um, you name it. I think she's got Saquon. I mean, just like the super team, and um, it, it, it's it's unbelievable. So I'm thinking if I'm playing against her week 16 and 17, that's going to be to my advantage because I can work the waiver wire week 17 and maybe have a chance where. Because um, I think I can work the waiver wire better than my competition. I think so. We'll see. Yeah, I kind of hope she just crushes you with that team. Well, everyone's <laughs> just... cheering for her. I mean, because it's it's pretty awesome, and she's done a good job managing in season two. She's good. At, so she's good one at thing that reminds me of that is like doing the Scott Fishbowl draft and Tyreek Hill available in like the fourth round in that league, and the misses <laughs> just the misses that bad boy. Waiting to miss, yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I had a bad team, and I, I thought I had a good – I mean, I don't really mind my draft strategy. It just played out really poorly because I, I took Gronk later in the first uh, and moved on from there. But anyway, the but no, you but saw, like – But you were – like, we, we did the draft together, you, me, Trey, Caleb Pearson. We, you know, we, we were in a chat together and talked about it. And I think our thought process was 
we're going to take some chances. We want to go for some outside players. I don't think the Gronk pick was bad. I think it was great. It just didn't, didn't work out for you. Um, some of the picks worked out. Some of them didn't. So I, I don't beat yourself too much about no, that. No, I, I, I don't. It was, it was a high-low draft pick. Yeah. But the other guy I was thinking about taking there was Melvin Gordon, which would have worked out really well early, and then now Gronk would have backed him up. Uh, not saying I would have gotten Gronk at the next pick coming around. But, it's you know, it, that's an interesting league perspective. But the, the work league, week 17, it, it, I don't know. I can't – it's hard for me to support it. <laughs> like, well, I'm just saying it's better than nothing. It's better like, than what nothing. if she scoops up Rex Burkhead for week 17, and he goes week 17 of, like, two years ago on your ass? <laughs> Yeah, so, it's possible. Well, we can scoop up the same players because technically, you know, she's in the Marvel. It, 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 we're losing listeners right now. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to um, uh, t- to the talk because, okay, I want to get back to this idea of Travis Kelsey acquiring him. So let me ask you if you would do these deals or not. This, you can just tell me yes or no. So would you would you give up James Conner for Travis Kelsey? Absolutely. Adam Thielen for Kelsey? Depends on team makeup, but yeah, probably. David Johnson for Kelsey. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think so. Again, okay. based on team makeup, but uh, yeah, it's tough. But but it's, it's in some cases you would, same cases you wouldn't. Let's I'd probably say. try for more first. Okay. But, yeah, fair enough. Julio Jones for Kelsey. Yeah. Le'Veon Bell for Travis Kelsey. No. No. Because we're already past this year. Right. Okay. And Keenan, Keenan Allen, Travis Kelsey. No, nah, I think I'd take Keenan. Keenan. Stephon Diggs, Travis Kelsey. I'd take Kelsey. Diggs, he's, uh, as much as I love Diggs and, a, and I'm a homer, he gets banged. He, like, his soft tissue injuries are scary. So, all those guys are going ADP before Travis Kelsey. That's, that's why I read them that way in the December ADP. So, um and then after that, I think it's pretty clear who you take. Like um, uh, Brandon Cooks or Kelsey. I think I take Kelsey over Cooks. Yeah, and Cook kind of he he didn't have a good game last week, and it was in that guillotine league, so I got cut off because of him. So now I kind of hate Brandon Cooks. <laughs> It'd be tough for me to come back around. He's the type of player a lot of people hate because he does that to you. What Can, so so objectively, is the Rams' offense significantly worse uh, since they lost Cooper Cup? And is that is that a pretty wild? Like. How, how he's changed that offense of being gone. It, it might just be later in the season. It might just be how the you know, other teams are reacting to them. There's a lot of other factors. But I think losing Cooper Cup has affected that team pretty harshly. I think you're right. I, I totally think you're right. Like that safety blanket. He lost like – have you ever seen the, the Brave Little Toaster movie? Uh, Cooper Cup is blanket. Uh, <laughs> for anybody who's seen it, it's a ridiculous comparison. But – it makes me want to buy more shares of Cooper Cup. Yeah. I don't right. know. Look it up. Put it in the show. <laughs> um, no, they've, they've totally changed uh, for, for sure. Um, so one last guy I'll ask you about. What about your guy Leonard Fournette or Travis Kelsey? Oh, King Leo. Easy for you? Yeah, I'd trade King Leo for, for, or for Kelsey. Yeah. And it's I, it, honestly, it makes me want to shed – like I almost want to cry. So, no, what, what, so, for, so Leonard Fournette's passing abilities have, or his pass catching abilities haven't been seen in the NFL because that Jaguars offense and offensive, it's just been absolutely awful. Absolutely awful. And my concern is that you would sell low right now on a guy like Leonard Fournette, who's an extreme talent, 
and who lost out because he got injured in his junior year and through the draft process. But he still ran super fast at 240 pounds. He's an elite, elite athlete. And we're forgetting that. As a dynasty community, we are forgetting it because of his injuries that he's had. And there's, there's nothing to say that he's just not going to be injured anymore. And a better offensive scheme can make him so much better. He's so amazing as an athlete. Go back and watch. I know this is like stretching, stretching everything, but go back and watch his like true sophomore tape and him being the biggest man on the field as a true sophomore, not even redshirting, and him bowling over players and displaying his dominance. And that's that's the true player of what he is. And the NFL hasn't been nice to him yet. I mean, he had, I mean, he had a really good year last year. You know, let's not deny that. But he went earlier in the draft than I think most people expected. Uh, for the most, uh, at least in the fantasy community. And this year he's had a really bad year. And I'm trying to scoop back up for now. I moved him a couple of places, but I'm trying to get him back because that he, he just, just watch what comes next. And if, you know, if he still suffers from soft t- tissue injuries, that's the risk I'm willing to take. Yeah. Cause if you look at running backs that are going where he's going, uh, you know, once you get said that top 25, you know, after him, you want to grab Dalvin Cook. You want to grab Sonny Michelle. They've got some, you know, injury history, injury concerns. Aaron Jones, have you bought into Aaron Jones yet? Come like on. Nick Chubb, like Nick Chubb or Leonard Fournette. Like, what are you taking? Oh, I'm taking Chubb. That's easy. Yeah, uh, it's, it's super interesting to me because I feel like they're very similar athletes. Yeah, Minus the soft know. tissue yeah. of the hamstring. But not, not even soft tissue, just the hamstring injury of Fournette. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't disagree, but I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's the, the, the fact that, you know, Cleveland's in a – it's a better situation. It's a better offense. Um, oh, I also want to buy Cleveland players so then I can be like, I bought them low. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, you, you know, if, this, if they turn – because they were the, one of the highest teams drafted in the ADP at, at DLF for a while. They had the most players drafted in the top 100. And the, literally the fantasy community wants this to play out for – Cleveland so so badly and they finally got they finally got rid of a huge action so let's go it is funny how we do that in the fantasy community how certain like so I'll give you an example of that I think um and this is just my own opinion like going into week 14 we were talking about you know we saw uh the the Chargers play Pittsburgh you know it was the night game everyone saw it and Austin Eckler didn't have the best game but Justin Jackson had some big plays and everyone's like you know, Justin Jackson, he's the guy to start known, you know, for, for the, for the Los Angeles. Chargers. We wanted Justin Jackson. We yeah. wanted him. So it, so it was very clear with the analysis I was hearing that like, you know, uh, Matt Waldman favorite. I like Justin Jackson. I'm a big 10 guy. You know, yeah, I, think, I think everyone loves Justin Jackson, but it was like, we were, we were trying to like make it happen when it was pretty clear that they wanted Eckler to have that role and get the most touches. And clearly if you had to choose who to start between the two going into last week, you'd go with Austin Eckler, but it was, I don't know, it's just funny how we do that. We get our favorites. And maybe Chubb is one of those guys where I think everyone likes Nick Chubb. We like his story. He's coming back from injury. And he plays for the Cleveland Browns as a sending offense. And, um, uh, you know, uh, just – and I think when, when Waldman likes guys, he has so much influence in the fantasy industry. Yeah. And he's right a lot – most well, of the time. But that influences everyone else, and then we start to like him, you know. And, so my, 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 I guess uh, my, like – my flag comes from where you're talking about Fournette and Nick Chubb. But if you're talking about Sony, Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb, uh, I was a huge Sony Michelle fan coming this season, playing in the Patriots offense and doing what he can do. 
I would at, at any dynasty team I'm 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 in or any dynasty league I'm in if, where I have Sony Michelle, if you want to offer me Nick Chubb for him, I'll do it, and it won't even be a hesitation. I think Nick Chubb has shown that his knee injury has not impacted him in the NFL, and I give me a part of that Browns rising offense it, compared to that uh, muddled backfield of the Patriots. It's not that muddled, but the the Nick Chubb upside is so massive. It just to me, it's just so massive, and he's skilled. He's like. Not just the amount of receptions he's had, but the way he's caught passes, he's just flashed more than what his potential. Or not not flashed more than his potential, but just has flashed more than what he you've seen in the past. You've seen even this year. Jordan's not a good passing to the running backs offense. They're they're just not. So his college stats aren't going to look that great. So coming in, his knee looks better. He tested well at the combine. I would be totally willing to take the risk on Nick Chubb now. Yeah, because like you got the production less than Michelle. You've got what you wanted. He got banged up again. Uh, now, now you got to move on. But also, I would I would trade Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle for for Zeke Elliott. Like that's the kind of move I would make. So is um, Michelle a guy that you're trying to to get rid of? Then, well, like in like on your rosters where you have him, are you like, eh, I'm nervous. He still has some value. Maybe it's a sell low, but maybe not. I just want to get rid of him before his, his value decreases even more. Uh, no, actually, I'm, I I still love Sony Michelle. And unless somebody's coming to me with an offer, I'm not I'm not shopping him super hard. What about a buy low? Are you gonna try to buy him in the offseason? I, I so I haven't really thought hard about that, but probably and probably heavily. Because I invested and then you know you move you, you move when you can when he when he was doing really well and, and I, I will probably try to get him back quite a bit. Yeah I I think I want me- I want that piece. I want that piece of that offense. And he had an up and down year, and I want to take advantage of it. Yeah, no, that's that's, I, I like it. I, I like the that you're still there. I I mean, I own him in a couple different leagues. I don't know that I want to pick up any more Cindy Michelle shares. To be honest, it, it makes me a little bit nervous. I liked him going into the process too. Not, I don't like as much as you, but pretty close. And uh, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see what happens. We we also have to make decisions mid season and how your team makeup is. And what yeah. you're going to do, right? And, and whether you think you're in a, a playoff run, you're a contender, it changes everything. And then all of a sudden, the offseason comes very, very quickly. <laughs> like the fantasy season is going to be over pretty soon, which kind of floors me. But that's the time. Like I'm, I'm going to rebuy into Sony Michelle because he needs to get healthy again. That that knee issue messed him up bad in the preseason, and the Patriots' offense is is very complicated. And I, I but I also think he shined in places where he shined. His most recent uh, performance against Miami is, I think, is going to make him a really great by low candidate as long as he doesn't flash too hard the rest of the year. So, well, so it's, hard, it's hard to say right now, you know, because like all trade deadlines are gone. Like, right, you know, right. Most, most, a couple of leagues slip and trade if you're. Yeah. But I mean, just, it, you know, that's not what I'm going to focus on. <laughs> all right. Let's move, let's move into the other thing you want to talk about tonight because I, I think we're starting to, I want to I try to wrap this up uh, here soon. So you wanted to talk about some guys that you think are, I don't know, are we calling this guys that are interesting to pay attention to in terms of their value going into the off season, or you're at least going to like kind of kick the tires to see where, you know, when the trade, when trading opens up, like, like what, what guys are, do you, do you want to, to, to really go after aggressively? Are there guys you're excited about? Um, well, it's funny because we, we hit on them during our chat, which I thought would, I thought would maybe happen. It is, it is oh, a, the, 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 patron, the exclusive Patreon-only chat, you mean? 
No, even even now, like talking about like Sony Michelle to me is a huge buy in the offseason for what he's done. So, like at a player that has been up and down and in that Patriots off, he basically filled what your preseason projections were if you didn't want a Patriots running back. But when he was in there, he for the most part was he showed flashes that he could be good. And uh like Chris Harris didn't really like him on film. And not uh, not that I disagree. But I still think this is your chance to buy him for lower than what he was coming into the season. And he's going to be a startable running back week after week, in my eyes. Uh, Dallas Goddard was another huge one in, to me. Uh, we were going to talk about tight ends because, again, you're not going to buy him low, but this is the fairest value you're going to pay for him, especially if you have any sort of tight end premium scoring. I'm in a two tight end league, and I'm kind of trying to figure out what I want to offer for, for Goddard in the future of what he has in, in the team that has him. And uh, it's, it's complicated. I think Ian Thomas is a guy we haven't talked about overly. You know, we talked about him a little bit. But him on Carolina and taking over that uh, tight end role, it's an opportunity to buy him where if they don't draft another tight end, you win. But if they do, you kind of you lose. You know, you kind of lose. Uh, when you're talking about wide receiver and looking at the, like the position there, like Dante Pettis is a guy I wanted to touch on because – he was a Matt Waldman favorite, but a lot of the dynasty community knows about him, but maybe somebody who uh, is either contending and hasn't really paid attention to him or ever started him, you know, that might be a time in the offseason when people, like six months from now, this, you offer, you know, you say something for Dante Pettis or in draft season where you give up a second rounder for Dante Pettis, that could be a huge win for you. A, a guy that I want to move right now, if, if anybody has any interest, is Curtis Samuel. I really liked him as a player. I drafted him behind rookie drafts, but I think he's getting lost in that offense, and I don't think that's really going to change. I think you've seen some boom plays from him, but that that's I'm kind of I'm kind of I'm trying to shy away from getting anything more of him. Uh, and yeah, I think, I think that might be my only sell at the moment. I'm going to talk about. Would you take uh, Dante Pettis or Michael Gallup? Yeah, uh, that wouldn't be close for me. Right, I, I'm. I'm with. I, I. I think I'm definitely on the Pettis train as well. And Michael Galpa's guy is interesting to me because I thought he he was a, a a pretty good, talented player. And I think now, like going into a second year with some experience under his belt, now that Amari Cooper is the number one, he's a clear number two. Not that I would pay a ton for him, but he's a guy that I kind of want to watch. I think he's a guy that could be productive. I mean, I know that, that you know, the, the Dallas offense, like how many targets is he going to see, but I'm kind of intrigued by him. Um, what about like a Kenny Stills for Michael Gallup? Yeah, I, I, I think I'd do that. I, I mean, because I think with Kenny Stills, I mean, Kenny Stills is a talented wide receiver, but with his situation, I, I mean, I don't know. Although, is that going to get it done, though? I mean, is, is, um, if I offer Kenny Stills for Michael Gallup, I mean, who's going to want Kenny Stills? No, and, and I, I, I want to keep – like trades in the context of this isn't going to get it done in your league. Whatever we say isn't going to get it done in your like it just doesn't. It, never, none of our leagues is going to get it done the same way. But just kind of understand the value that that we're thinking about and right, move right. from there. That's like the, the Zach Ertz and George Kittle thing is. Yeah, you don't want to trade Zach Ertz for George Kittle straight up because Zach Ertz's value is massive. You know, maybe take advantage of that and get some extra pieces back. Like build build better around the fringe or the, the other core areas that could make a bigger difference. So anyway. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but you know, you never know what's going to get something done uh, or what offers, because this happens to us all probably a couple of times a year. If you're in a league where there's a lot of activity, um, 
I, like for example, the, and I'm not saying that this, what this deal isn't going to work out for this person, but I have a 105 in a league and just in my inbox or in my, my trade, you know, offers, I, I got an offer, Mike, <laughs> Evans, Mike Evans for the 105. And I was like, okay, yes, I'll do it. <laughs> you know, but maybe he gets one of those stud wide receivers or, you know, running back that breaks out and becomes, you know, uh, the epitome of a 105. What more would you want than Mike Evans? That's what kills me with that deal is every 105 pick you have, you want Mike Evans. Yeah. What what I mean, he's been and what he was like, that's the, it, it, you couldn't ask for anything more than what he's been. Right. No, I, I know. And I, I, and I'm, you know, I, that's why I was like snap accept. And I was like, should I accept this? This is so one-sided. That's like, but like, of course I need to accept it. I, you know, um, I, it, and I know that owner was frustrated with Mike Evans recently. And that's what he said in the chat. Cause someone brought it up in the chat. Um, it, and I hope it works out for him. Hopefully he'll get somebody good with the one Oh five. But, um, but my, I guess my point is, and he's trying to rebuild and he wants to get draft picks. Cool. So my point is, you you just you just don't know. I think it doesn't. It, the the really the more active you are, the, the better in our leagues. You know because you you just don't know. You talk to people and maybe you think, oh, you know. Um, maybe that's cutting out a little bit. Yeah, I was cutting out a little bit. But okay. Long, long story short, it, that's why it pays to be active and pay attention to be engaged. Because if if someone sends out, uh, you know, like. Mike Evans is on the block. You just don't know like how frustrated they are with him or what they'll take. You know, maybe like what if you say, Hey, I have Tyler Boyd. What would it take to get Mike Evans with Tyler Boyd? Like that's to me is an equity sell high on Tyler Boyd that you'll never forget again. Yeah. Right. Um, agree. So I froze Ryan with that take. I know it's I'm having connectivity issues, so we better wrap it up quickly. But before we do, I want to ask you this. Um, who do you who do you want more on your team, Traquan Smith or Dante Pettis? Uh, Traquan is, is has more value, but um, who do you want more? Who oh, you, you know my love for Traquan Smith and coming into this, uh, it's hard because he he's he's been down, he's been super down lately. So I'm I, uh, darn it, I, I'm gonna stick with. <laughs> I'm going to stick with Trey Kwan because of the unknown situation in San Francisco for the moment. Uh, but I wouldn't mind, like, it wouldn't pain me if somebody was a big Dante Pettis fan. You know, it's not like I'm not overly emotionally invested in this. So, uh, so Trey Kwan the- flashed like I wanted him to, but then just like turtle shelled into himself. Like, I never wanted him to. So, if I'm the Dante Pettis owner, and I, let's say I want Trey Kwan, and I say, hey, Will, I'll give you, a, I want Trey Kwan. What if I give you uh, Dante Pettis in a third? Will that get it done? Nah, probably not. Uh, maybe we like, because clearly I'm better than you in that league. So I'll, uh, maybe we swap seconds. <laughs> I think we actually are in a league where is that Nancy Darwinism? Because I've I've got Dante Pettis. I'm not, I don't want to sell him for Troycron, but uh, I I've, I've been. Uh, well, that, that's super flex too. So I mean, maybe maybe the third would do it, but uh, I you know. If I own Pettis, I think I'm, I guess I'm just I'm willing to risk staying Pat. And and I don't think the Niners are going to go wide receiver. I, don't, I actually don't think that's where they're going to what they're going to do. And if they do, I still think Dante Pettis is that. And it's it's a Chris Harris reference, but he compared him to Keenan Allen. And he, yeah, you don't need to be the fastest and best, you know, the most athletic player in the field. But if you're just wide open all the time, you're good to go. I'll tell you a guy that I like, Bilo, for me, before we close. And if you have any final thoughts, throw them out there. 
Kiki Kuti. He, his ADP is uh, 106. Um, and, and I think people are probably annoyed by him because of, you know, the, the constant injuries this year. Um, but but I, I like his future. And I, I, would get, I think I'd give up um, – I mean, I would start with this. But if I had, like, a late second-round pick, I'd probably give it up for, for Cutie. You know, it might get it done. Because I think people drafted him, like, in third rounds um, or later last year. So, um, but you, you like him as a, as a buy low, perhaps? I don't know. He just kind of feels like an Aldrich Robinson or uh, what's the guy who's on the, the Lions right now. He's just one of those third wide receivers that gets banged up. Um, and, but maybe that's we'll the perception is that's the perception of him. Sure, that's that's why I like him because I think I think he's very talented and I think he can he can he can do big things. If he, you know, it's just one of those things. You've got the what is it? It's been a hamstring injury all year, right? And, and he's really he hasn't rested it for you to get healthy. So. Which happens a lot. It seems like these rookie wide receivers. So I don't know. I but I but I enjoy the, the the the. But I don't think if somebody made that deal, I wouldn't be like, oh, you made a horrible deal. You you buy into Kiki's upside, and so at that pick area, what more do you want? So Demarius Thomas falters out. They don't establish a tight end game, and now Kiki's this target monster in in Houston. I I I don't think that's unreasonable. I think it's a future that could totally be what he could do. Yeah. I just don't it's, – it's hard for me to buy into it now. You know, but if you did that, it, again, it's one of those guys where you try to buy at fair value thinking they're going to go much higher, and I can totally see that with Kiki. Yeah, I mean, and it's possible that it backfires on you because we've kind of seen this before. He basically had, like, one really big game, and, you know, we, he didn't repeat it. And it, I don't know, he got to be like a, like a Keelan Cole type of, type of guy, you know, where Keelan Cole, you know, we saw some, so a couple of big games, we got excited about him. And, and now, I mean, it's a different situation because it's, you know, the Houston offense is better than the Jacksonville offense, but you know, Keenan Cole was one of those guys that pe- some people were really excited. Yeah. About. I mean, I traded Philip Lindsay uh, <laughs> after week one for Keelan Cole in a redraft league. And I look like a freaking genius after that move. <laughs> and then I missed the playoffs. <laughs> it kills me. But that's what people thought, right? I mean, and probably week two this year, he, he had a great game against New England, right? You know, uh, seven catches, 116 yards, and a touchdown. You're thinking, yeah, here we go, baby. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, I still think Keelan Cole is good. I just think the Jacksonville offense is broken. Yeah. So that's the time to buy some pieces that are going to be there for a little bit. That's why – that's I mean, that's where my Leonard Fournette still, like, my, my holding tight to him in, in Dynasty comes from is, yeah, I get that you you uh, you were hurt this year and you were hurt deep by Leonard Fournette. But let's not give up on who he is. Uh, and, it, it's, I don't know, if he, if he struggles again next year, shame on me. But I'll, I'd be willing to take that risk. Yeah, and, and maybe a guy like Keelan Cole, I brought him up as a joke, but – He's a guy you could get for very little right now, I, I imagine. And yeah, I mean, Mockery's not going to be back there next year. They're going to have a new offensive coordinator and probably head coach, and they might actually be a competent offense. Yeah. All right. Well, let, let's close the show here. Do you have any? With final- Joe Flacco leading it. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> there you go. You have any final thoughts before we close the show? Uh, the, the, I guess the final thought is something I've been harping on all episode is when we talk about values of players. Let's just uh, take like take a step back. And look at your own league, look, look at the people that are in it. And when we talk about values, that should be a baseline just in general value. It shouldn't be a player-for-player player swap. Uh, we want to talk about how we value these things. And you kind of make your own inter, like your own point scale for what you want to move in Dynasty Leagues. And 
things that I've just heard and seen on other you know uh, forums and Reddit and everything like that is let's take a step back. Let's say if somebody says a buy low or, or we say anything like that, let's say this is you, we think they're a buy low quote unquote, because we think this is the lowest, like this is the fairest value you're going to get them at. And if you can do that, you, you know, maybe, maybe go for it, but don't, don't sell the house for them. You know, if you sell the house for a player and that player doesn't work out and you blame that on some other experts, you know, uh, analysis, you're going to be very upset with them, even though it was your own choice you made in your own league. So we want to give you the best tools and the best opinions that we use in our own leagues to give to you. And at the end of the day, this is fun. This is fantasy. And I don't know. It, it's uh, you, you have to appreciate your wins and losses. If you can't take the losses, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't play fantasy. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? And tell me, I've, been, I've, I've uh, cheered for a lot of teams that have lost. I've been an Iowa fan my whole life. Yeah, and also, too, don't forget there's an incredible amount of luck that goes into this. Um, what is – was it um, – one, one of the Yahoo experts talked about um, at one point, I think the idea was what it's like – maybe this is more redraft, but it's like a third of, like, your, your draft that, that plays in your success. Then a third, how active you are with trades in the waiver wire. Then a third of it is luck. And I think, you know, no matter what, I mean, you, let's say going into the playoffs you had – uh, Kareem Hunt and Melvin Gordon and Manuel Sanders and uh, AJ Green, yeah, and but you lose and you lose all those guys. That's just luck. I mean, that has nothing to do with the way that you you put together that team or drafted the team. It happens sometimes, so don't beat yourself up too much. Just uh, just enjoy the ride and enjoy what the season gives you. And yeah, it's fun. And if, if it's not fun for you, then you need to put it. Well, if you can't take a step back and you get very very emotionally upset about it. Yeah, it just may not fantasy which just may not be for you. If you can't, you know, crawl if you can't take it is and I use this phrase a lot, if you can't take fantasy losses and put them in your emotional tortoise shell, uh, this is where you put things for long term and tortoises live longer than humans, so it just lives there and then it just goes away when you die. And with that Will Greenwood, um, a bit of wisdom. It's time to close the show. So like, oh hey, I got a great value in Delaney Walker in a two tight end league. That goes in the emotional tortoise shell, <laughs> you know? Like, oh, that value is so great. I'm so excited. But then it just goes in there. And you're like, okay, I'm over it now. Yeah. Veteran players are, are great until they get hurt, and then they, they give you nothing. So, Oh, okay. Kierkegaard. Oh. It's over Julian Edelman, which I – I mean, I didn't like Julian Edelman. I missed out hard. That just goes in the tortoise shell. Yeah, that was that was my bad – take advice that he was well my bad was i didn't believe in julian <laughs> element and uh, i think he nope. might win me a redraft championship because i traded for him no i i did not believe in julian okay. element either and i'm in a league same thing it's like he's on my team it's like i'm glad i got julian element this is great okay anyway let's close the show i am ryan livergood at Roto librarian that's will greenwood at fantasy joiners for will uh, not joining us tonight uh, at trey barrett we're at FF Joe's. You can join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Fancy Joe's. And that's it. So thanks for joining us. We're the Fancy Joe's. Appreciate it. Fantasy. Fantasy Joe's. <laughs> Fantasy Joe's. Fantasy Joe's. Fantasy Joe's. Fantasy Joe's. <laughs>